Hey everybody, welcome to the Climbing Sycamores podcast, uh, where we look at today's topics to get a better view of Christianity. I'm Annie Beagie, and I'm joined by my friends Ben Sadler and Matt Harbach. We're rolling. Finally, someone forgot the SD card. Shut up, no one likes you. (laughs) I know. Oh, you're not wrong. Well, anyway, welcome. Hi. Yellow. Did you realize, uh, we were talking about this before, Taylor Swift, all 10 songs are the top 10 list on the the top 100. That's crazy. She just never slowed down. Like from the moment she like released her first album, she just kept going. Why do you love her? Um, Well, I think we've kind of seen her grow. Like her first, one of her first singles, you know, was he's the reason for the teardrops on my guitar, you know, and it was all just like... (laughs) This whimsical, you know, coming of age, like, you know, teenage heartbreak kind of thing. And now we're seeing songs like Antihero, mm-hmm. where I think it's very honest. And it's, it's to me, it's a little dark. Like it's, yeah. you know, um, and she's kind of grown up in the in the spotlight a lot and had very public um, breakups and songs, you know, writing songs about, you know, exes and mm-hmm. So I just, just feel like it's raking really it in. Just raking so it what, in. So what do you think her net worth is? I got oh, it right I don't here. know. You have it? Yeah. Um, let's think. I don't know. So just, you just Googled it? I Googled it. Okay. Answer everything. Oh, uh, it's I, a lot. I think Rihanna's the top. So Taylor Swift, do you think she's worth a billion dollars yet? No, not quite. Maybe. No. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with five hundred million dollars. That's a good guess. Actual retail price without no. Uh, I'm gonna go one dollar. <laughs> <laughs> you are on the price. Price is right rules. Four hundred fifty million, according wow. to Google, Bravo. which I thought was a little low. Hmm. To be honest, I thought she'd be worth more. Peasant. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I. Who's richer, Rev Beebs or oh, Beebs. Swift? Beebs, Beebs has got to be richer. Yeah. Guys are always guys richer. are always richer. Mm-hmm. I thought I had it up. I don't. Okay. Um, but so I love I love Antihero. I think it's 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 kind of got a little bit of self loathing. Um, it's it's honest. It's how old is the Twizzler? She's thirty two. Thirty two. Mm hmm. Wow. Yep. Beebs only two hundred eighty five million. What? <gasps> oh my gosh. Beebs He's taking a hit. Broke. Dang. <laughs> Broke is a joke. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> oh, right. I love Beebs too. But. Yeah, I mean, I don't listen to as much, obviously, music as you do, Annie, but you kind of, but I was fascinated by the lyrics when, yeah. um, I, and I watched the video. Yeah. So what do you like about it? I, I like it's honesty. I think it's honesty. So she says, I have this thing where I get older, but just never wiser. Oh my, speaks to me. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Maybe because this all speaks to me yeah. in some way, that's why. Midnight's become my afternoons, so mm-hmm. up all night when my depression works the graveyard shift. All the people I've ghosted stand there in the oh, room. preach it. <laughs> I should not be left to my own devices. They come with prices and vices. I end up in crisis. Mm. Tale as old as time. I wake up screaming from dreaming. One day I'll watch you leaving because you got tired of my scheming for the last time. So what does that mean? I don't know. But read verse three because that's my favorite. Okay. I think this is the chorus. 
it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. Yeah. It's me. Yeah. At tea time, everybody agrees. I'll stare directly at the sun, but never in the mirror. So good. It must be exhausting. Always rooting for the anti-hero. I think so, what she's saying is I'm the protagonist, but I'm not like that great. Like, right. I'm in yeah. the spotlight. I'm I'm here. I've got tons of fans. I have all this money. I've got mm-hmm. all this clout, all this street cred. And yet I'm just I'm really not like that cool. Like, like imposter I'm a, syndrome, right? Where you feel like is that impo- what it is? Well, you feel like you're an imposter. You feel like uh, you have to keep out doing your past and you keep yeah. you have to keep making hits, which she does <laughs> mm-hmm. because of probably her honesty. And then she, yeah, she wait. Read up. read verse three about okay. um. My, I had a dream. My daughter in law kills me. Yeah. yeah, all right. Kills me for the money. She thinks I left them in the will. The family gathers round and reads it, and then someone screams out, "She's laughing up at us from hell." But just the the cynicism of the second line. They think I left them in yeah. the will. Her son, like she doesn't have a son. This is all figurative, but she's saying like they think I left them mm-hmm. in the will. Like yeah, she, I mean oh. Do you, oh, yeah. Did you watch the video where they have the little vignette? Like they pause and they have no, a little... Okay, no, it's I pretty funny. It. Okay. I think it's on YouTube or something. Yeah. Where They stop and they have this scene of her of her funeral. There's a little picture there and she's in the casket and she's actually kind of peering out to see what's going on. And then, uh, yeah, then it's her three kids fighting over, mm. over her money and how mm-hmm. they name drop her and they use her to, you know, feign for themselves. Exactly. And, so I think she's just saying, you know, this... There, there is a cost associated with mm-hmm. um, whether it's in your own imperfections or your own struggles or the types of problems that money brings. And Sometimes I feel like everybody else is a sexy baby and I'm a monster on the hill, too big to hang out, slowly lurching toward your favorite city, piercing through the heart but never killed. Mm-hmm. So she feels like this huge monster it's kind of awkward coming into the room and doesn't... Coming really... into your local city to come perform for you. Yeah. Like... Oof. And doesn't fit in, but is supposed to. Supposed to have all the answers. Yeah. So I love it. What do you think's going on behind all that? She needs some Jesus. <laughs> well, it, I wonder. You know, who was ever who's supposed to be this famous? Right. That's got to be such a burden. And did don't does she live in London now with a guy or something I like that? Know. I thought I heard she's not. I don't think she's in the states anymore. I'm not sure. Okay. That's what I heard. I could be wrong. I'll have to check up on my TMZ. But I, <laughs> I, I do. I you know fascinated by these incredible gifts that people have, and she's very gifted. Obviously, you know, not many people actually write their own songs anymore, and uh, and can po- perform. And that's what's so great is she's you know, from an honest place of what she's really dealing with. Hate to be. That's why I don't date. I've never dated her because I didn't want to be in her next song. Subject of the song. <laughs> that's right. Well, I mean, you could just turn <laughs> around and make her the ser- subject of a sermon then, yeah, right? That's right. That's, that's right. smart, Ben. That's, that's smart. right. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, living your whole life in public and everybody has an opinion on it, that's just got to be such... I think about Kurt Cobain a lot where he mm-hmm. was homeless and while he was homeless, his song went to number one, and that just kind of broke his brain. Yeah. Man. It's well, cool, and I think we're seeing some of that type of stuff now, especially, and I don't remember if we've talked about this, but, you know, like, um, the use of older songs mm-hmm. that kind of go viral because of TV shows or TikTok. And so, like, artists that were not, you know, I think mm-hmm. of Kate Bush running up that hill. It's like, yeah, I mean, she's making money now, 
even though the song was released like 35 years ago. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of cool. But yeah. It is pretty cool to see it, it, people using their gifts. But then, yeah, if you don't have a you come to the realization that I'm not that great. I think that's what she's saying. You know, I have these gifts. And I can do these things, but I don't feel like I'm that special. I don't think I deserve all this acclaim. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know. Um, you know, people expect so much from me, but I'm just, I'm just singing these songs that, that are in here. And I can't give, you know, she's thinking about ghosting people. It's like, just can't, sometimes you just can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then what are the expectations of, yeah, family or friends? What do you do with all that money? Right. Yeah. How do you decide who, you know, who to spend your time with? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who is the actress? I was just reading an article now. I forget her name. The the lead actress in the Hunger Games movies. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence yeah. yeah. And she left Hollywood for a little bit because she kind of was disillusioned because she was doing these big box office movies that she felt was she didn't want to do, but she did it for the money and people told her to do it. And it, it just kind of gutted her of her personality and her artistry. And you just start doing these things. And I think... That can happen too, isn't that? I didn't see the movie. Uh, what was that movie that Lady Gaga was in? Rockstar, movie star, rockstar. Uh the the one that Shallow came from. Yeah, with with uh, Brad Bradley Cooper. Yep. Um, A Star Is Born. A Star Is Born. I haven't is. seen it either. But I think that's kind of telling that same story of becoming famous, not knowing what to do with it. Uh, how do you manage that? I don't know. Who's managed fame well? Is there somebody that you can think of that's managed it well? I feel like after they kind of like crash and burn and then they kind of like crawl out of the ashes. Beebs yeah. did it, yeah. yeah. Then they start managing it better. And some don't. Not all of them come out of it. You know, I think of like Lindsay Lohan and mm-hmm. some of those who... I don't know. I, th- I think some people... Like, it's hard to say. I think some people just don't have like a public meltdown so it seems like they're managing it well mm-hmm. that could be too right not a britney spears yeah. <laughs> head shaving <laughs> circa 2003 or whatever it was yeah i think that's why we talk so much about the beebs on here is because he did he did find he, he does believe in jesus he has found something that's grounded him he believes it's true where his uh his value is not in his greatest hit anything about michael jackson who had Thriller in 82 and spent the rest of his career trying to recreate th- Thriller and uh, never did, never did. Still, I think they argue that that's the best, the mm-hmm. best that's ever been. Mm-hmm. Like, so even among other artists, not just himself. Mm-hmm. The one that I, I'm watching kind of from afar on the little I go on Twitter, but I always seem to follow her stuff is um, J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. She is so it seems to be so secure in who she is and she i think she's the rich, one of the richest people in the world really mm-hmm. um but is still sticking up for women's rights especially domestic abuse and things like that and so she is said you know i love all people and doesn't matter what your gender or sexual identity or any of those things are but there's still such a thing as a woman because we need to have protection for women mm-hmm. Uh, but so she's been lambasted and the cast from her whole uh, from Harry Potter kind of has ghosted her and, and canceled her. And she continues to speak uh, for women and how 
I don't know, just how bold she is and how clear her own values are and she's willing to lose fame. And, and then she's kind of funny about it. You know, people are saying like, how can you sleep at night? And she said something online like, my last royalty check for Harry Potter seems to allow me to sleep just fine or something like that. So <laughs> yeah, she's got I've a good sense. She's got a good sense of humor. Which so. I find rich that her that the people who are cast in that movie, if they're ghosting her, it's like you do realize that made your career. Yeah. yeah. Your entire not not just your like move like your movie, like it, it made your career. Yeah. yeah. What I find also incredible she she seems to be one who sees her gifts as a gift. Uh, that she she got from God and uh, her ability to write and, and put together a story. And she says she copied it from Christianity to write Harry Potter and, and the resurrection story, basically. And what I also find fascinating, I think she's one of the only people, at least my wife told me this, that gave her way out of her rich status. Like she was a billionaire and she gave so much money away that she was no longer a billionaire, mm. and she just has been very a lowly fil- millionaire. Yeah, <laughs> philanthropic. So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I think an, one of the websites that that I really appreciate that that looks at celebrities through the lens of the gospel is the Mockingbird website. They're, they're, they they do a really good job of kind of looking at these stories, and he's got a playlist of his favorite songs. David Zoll's the name of the writer on there, and and I looked at that yesterday. Taylor Swift is right up there. He, but they were also talking about, yeah, the the, the honest journey she's going through right now, and uh, it's it's. I think it's fascinating to watch. I hope she makes it out on the other end and continues to manage her fame so well. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. you listened to a lot of uh, Taylor Swift map. No, <laughs> I I had you know I'll listen to whatever the kid, my kids are listening to. I don't to, dislike so. her. I just don't. what do you listen to? You know a lot of grunge band Mumford and Sons Mumford and Sons huh? like Mumford and oh, Sons there you go that's good it's Simon whatever, and Garfunkel it's whatever was popular when you were in high school I think all of us you kind of gravitate to what was cool that's what at least maybe I, I don't know I, I was listening to Creedence Clearwater on the way here oh, there you go so I, I don't know maybe you're born in the wrong time period yeah you're an old man <laughs> you're an old soul <laughs> enough on that yeah okay so very thankful for the continual um, emails we're getting from people, and one of them was on Reformation. And uh, should we celebrate Reformation, October 31st, All Hallows Eve? Um, and what that celebrates is when Martin Luther supposedly nailed, or people think he probably, probably like stuck with glue onto the castle church Door, the 95 Theses was, was kind of like the community message board. And he wanted to have a conversation about indulgences. And uh, that kind of started really the Reformation. Now, before Martin Luther, before the Reformation, there was really, there was really no schisms in the church. Besides, there was one between the East and the West, about, a, I think, 1000 AD, where the the Eastern Church, Eastern Orthodox, the Greek Church, and the Roman Church split. But besides that, there was basically one church, especially one church in the West. And um, when Martin Luther was excommunicated from the church, uh, that started kind of the 
the launch of the Protestant church, and we're all kind of children of the Protestant churches, and now there's hun- literally hundreds of thousands of different churches that are out there that all have kind of their own slant on on theology and and values and things like that. So the question was, you know, should we celebrate this uh, this event? Um, and if you didn't grow up in it, I, I, it might be, sound very strange to celebrate. It was something that, you know, it was a big deal when I was growing up that churches would get together for a for a Reformation, joint Reformation service, and you'd have this, this big event. You'd bring in maybe a guest preacher, and you'd bring all the churches together at a bigger venue, and you would uh, remember some of the tenets of the Reformation, which um, Luther rediscovered that we're saved by faith alone, by grace alone, and the Scripture alone is the authority, all because our faith is in Christ alone. So those are kind of the tenets of the, the Reformation. The interesting thing, I think, is that the, those 95 theses, like, we wouldn't subscribe to many well, what, of them. What are, what are they? So, like, there are 95 statements, and he, he wanted to debate these statements. But there's a lot of heresy in them. He still believed that the Pope was the, the, the leader of the church. He still believed that there was purgatory. He still taught, and, and his theology was kind of still reforming. Um, he still believed in a, in a lot of things. He, he didn't see the scriptures necessarily as his authority. Uh, but that was basically all around indulgences. Namely, can you, they were trying to build St. Peter, Peter's Basilica in Rome. And so, the way to get money for that was to sell these pieces of paper that were blessed by the Pope. And if you bought those pieces of paper, you could um, get your relatives out of purgatory faster. And there was a, uh, John Tetzel was kind of the, the uh, salesman for this. And he would say, like, the moment the coin uh, drops you know, so, I forget. He had how a little catchphrase, yeah, or catchphrase something some, to like, like a little slogan. To a sell slogan the, like the moment the, the 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 coin drops, your your relative flies hops out of or hops or something. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so Luther started questioning this, and the and and he still worshipped the saints. I think that's still also in the in the ninety five theses. So he was developing. But what came out of that? I mean, Luther did some incredible things. He when he was locked away. Um, in hiding for, because he, there was a basically a, a warrant out for his rest and his death, basically, he spent his time translating the whole Bible into German by himself. So now for the first time, and because of the printing press, uh, the first time that the people could read the Bible in their own language. So it was always mediated before that through the priest, and the priest would tell you what to believe. And for the first time, the people could read their Bible in their own language. And he also translated hymns and the liturgy and the whole church service. So revolutionized education, revolutionized music, revolutionized worship, revolutionized the church, and then, yeah, focused that we are saved by grace, not by our own efforts. So it is something to really um, celebrate, and I think it, it can be a good thing to celebrate. The only problem I see is when Martin Luther becomes your new kind of Joseph Smith, Joseph Smith, the leader of the right. I'm kind of like, don't we have a whole denomination called Lutheran? Like, yeah. Does isn't that enough? <laughs> yeah, it, I guess they people would say, well, to remember the Reformation, the tenets of the Reformation. Can't we lose do it? that through Easter Sunday and sure. Jesus Christ, the birth? You know, it, 
It seems right. like all the all the core things like, you know, saved by, you know, right. uh, grace and all, all these core things that he kind of, mm-hmm. you know, pointed out or whatever that like we can really, really, you know, lean into those things yeah. on Easter and Christmas and I mean, any Sunday, really. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's what we've kind of chosen to do here at Victory is to not. And my first congregation was a Spanish speaking congregation, you know, f- filled with people in Latin America and the Reformation never really made it to South America in the same same way. I mean, so that was new to them. And, you know, how am I supposed to teach some Venezuelans and Colombians about a German, our German history that reaches back 500? They just, it did not make sense. So I try to talk about the tenets of the Reformation without necessarily going into, you know, the same kind of history. And the other thing is we don't want to accept everything luther said without mm-hmm. question mm-hmm. he's got some really when he got old he got cranky and some of his final writings were against the pe- peasants and he kind of kind of sparked or um the slaughtering of lots of peasants who were kind of uprising that be, kind of became a political revolution he also um was frustrated with the jews because they weren't converting to christianity and so he wrote a whole treatise against the jews uh which you know, Hitler used uh, to kind of justify his anti-Semitism. So for all the things that we want to celebrate about Luther, you kind of wish God would have taken him about 10 years earlier so he wouldn't <laughs> have written some of these things. Uh, but I think it just goes to show, like, there's there's no heroes besides Jesus. Right, And we right. have to be very careful about that. And I, I just really appreciated, we had a professor in, in, in at seminary who did a lot of work among Mormons, and he read some of the things that we were putting out as a church body on Martin Luther. And he's like, you know, this is all good, but we don't have to justify Luther's bad behavior because he's not our Joseph Smith. And I'm not going to be like a Mormon, basically. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I thought that was really fascinating. So, yeah. I mean, it was historical. We should acknowledge like it. It's it's probably the reason that we are kind of where we are. Yeah. It's I mean, just like any piece of history. And I, I think that it should be just left at that. I don't think we need a big course i didn't grow up in it and so i don't mm-hmm. know i often wonder if this is a nostalgic thing for mm-hmm. people you know yeah they we've got the reformation hymns and the reformation sure. songs and yeah. you just kind of have that nostalgia i think especially if you grew up in a work righteous faith and you went through a similar conversion experience as luther where you discovered i'm saved and forgiven apart from my actions like that would be very meaningful to you to because i think that's what happens is that more than anything um luther wrote about his conversion experience i think he it's either in the his uh commentary on romans or the commentary on galatians and he talks about it that he was up in this room and he was studying romans and he felt like the the doors on heaven swung open because he started to realize what the gospel is all about and i think that's what can happen to some people. Maybe they're caught up in a work righteous, maybe, maybe a legalistic Roman Catholic church or even a legalistic Baptist church or a legalistic any church, uh, and they, they come to see the, the beauty and they feel like they're converted in that moment. And so that's, I think, when this would mean a lot to them. The other thing I think we can do is learn from Luther. If it wasn't for the printing press, there would be no Reformation. Because for the first time, a single monk who wrote, he's an incredible writer, um, he, he just 
wrote tons and we would the the volumes that he wrote nobody's gonna be ever close to how much he wrote if you buy luther's works it, it takes up a whole room a whole library just on the things he wrote and the printing press allowed that to be um published wide and so now i think we can learn from that i think pastor bill uh here his passion about using digital ministry is people say this is the next revolution. So the printing press was one, and now the digital revolution is the next next one. And so are we going to have another reformation getting the word out in a similar, using the technology that's available? Um, okay, hi. Um, <laughs> you just look like you're about to say something. Yeah, I don't, I think that I don't have a, any problem whatsoever with Reformation Day. Um, I in my experience, it hasn't really been made about worshiping Luther, which I think is kind of the danger there. I think what's more dangerous is when we kind of, we sometimes it feels like we're trying to apply the struggles of Luther's day to ourselves mm-hmm. and make it about preserving the truth mm-hmm. and attacking other church bodies that are doing it wrong. Right. Mm. And yes. that's what I think is more dangerous. And that's not just one day of the year. That's all of them. <laughs> right. That's really important. I think you're right that, and maybe I've talked about this before, that our church body, the, you know, the Wells, um, you know, we, we follow Luther's story. And uh, Luther really was known for standing to his principles and so he wouldn't, not only would he not, he, he cut himself off from the Catholic Church and kicked out of the Catholic Church, but he would not associate with the Anabaptists or other kind of um, denominations that were kind of cropping up. And he would not partner with anybody because he had all the answers. Uh, and then about 100 years ago, the same thing happened in our Wells churches. We, we would not partner with the ALC and some of these other denominations, which... Now they've gone very progressive, and I can see why we didn't. But that becomes our identity. We're the ones who held on. Everybody else is wrong. We're all right. Uh, and it's very easy to. You know, Jesus spent most of his time preaching against Pharisaical uh, self righteousness. So yeah, that that if it's not about the gospel, but about we're right and everybody else is wrong, that can be very dangerous. It's and it's a really easy shift to make. Yep. So I think that my my other the other danger I think is how tied to German culture this is. You know, there was a time where our founding leaders this is, again this goes back 70 80 years. I remember when I was at seminary reading things that said if we don't preserve the German language we're going to lose our German heritage and we're going to lose our the the tenets of the reformation because we're not going to be able to read luther's works and then some of the other reformers chemnitz and others who wrote in german and so they they really said you have to learn german so we don't lose our lutheran faith well it's about the gospel i could see wanting to preserve greek and hebrew but do we really need to preserve german heritage and i think that can really um talk about ostracizing, you know, Asian culture and African culture and, you know, South American culture because we we want to first make them German and then Christians. Uh, there, there, There's the story, I, think, I don't know if it's apocryphal or if it really happened, but some Lutheran missionaries back in the 
fifties and sixties who went to Germany with an organ, you know, brought an organ with them to go to Africa and, and do Fools. <laughs> and, and so that was the kind of thing, like you have to learn our music first. Um, hopefully I, I asked him to be on the podcast and I think he's going to, uh, Terry Schultz. He's a member of our church body and he is an incredible missionary. And right now he travels all over the world to try to help people have music in their vernacular and their culture, uh, and not try to impose our American German culture onto churches outside. So yeah, long story short, it's good to know history. I think the the other extreme today is canceling all history. That if anybody's got a black mark on their history, we're going to tear down their statue and uh, forget all about them. And you know, every leader's got shame. Every leader's got shameful behavior. But are, are there some good things we can still take from them? There are. And like I said, I think he's got a whole denomination named after him. So I guess you need another day. Yeah, I'm like, I feel like that's, isn't that enough? I don't know. Yeah. So very good. I'm, I'm happy to be a Lutheran because the Bible is elevated. And so I, if I can show with the Bible what I believe and why I believe it, um, that's the authority. Mm-hmm. And so that that's probably my favorite part about being a Lutheran. There's a lot of other things that I struggle with. but It's good. Yeah, yeah. I know. I agree with that. What do you say, Matt? What do you got on your mind? Uh, so <laughs> last week, no, maybe two weeks ago, I, don't, last, I think it was last week, I don't remember, I was driving in my car and I was listening to the radio to a certain station that will remain nameless. Starts with a K, ends with a love. <laughs> Starts with a K, it rhymes with love, but we won't say the full name. And they were doing a, a, a sort of give-a-thon, mm-hmm. please give us money type mm-hmm. thing. And I I did not care for the way that they were trying to market this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, the the lady, the host was saying things like, something something like uh you know sometimes sometimes um in your life god is really moving you to give and and you don't want to and you don't understand why you should but it's an act of faith so you should just go with god on it and 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 thank you so much for all of you who have shown that faith so far tonight mm-hmm. you know for as far as as far as people giving to the radio station i didn't like um equating giving money to this radio station as faith. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she was um, listing off people who had already given and saying, oh, uh, thanks to so-and-so from from such and such a city who who just gave us $100 and someone else gave us $50. And then then said, um, yeah, a woman down in Florida whose house was just wrecked by the hurricane wrote in and said, you know, I really have nothing right now, but I thought I would give you guys $10 a month because that's sort of like the basic, mm-hmm. the, the base package or whatever it is. And then somebody else wrote in and said, I don't have electricity or heat in my home, but I thought, yeah, I'll give you guys $10 a month. And I, I was just listening to that and I get that you're an adult and you can do what you want with your money. And it's good that you're trusting God to provide for you, but you need to provide for the people who live in your home with things like electricity and heat. 
I would like you would never mm-hmm. tell somebody who mm-hmm. didn't have heat yeah. when it's November mm-hmm. to to give money to a radio station. I don't care if it's a Christian radio station yeah. or a secular radio station. Yeah. The, I think there's a complicated for a lot of reasons. So Christian radio station has chosen not to take ads, to not have people advertise on. So they're they're going to be crowdfunded or or whatever, listener funded. So that's a decision, but that comes with a cost. So how are you going to fund this? So you need to have some kind of way to get people excited and uh, get them on board and follow your mission and, and things like that. It is, it's really easy and I have to be careful as a pastor that your applications to your preaching are very biblical and that you're completely convinced that this is what God wants people to know because you could say God wants you to do this and it can be a, a manipulation, right? Mm-hmm, you can. God mm-hmm. wants you to give to victory. God wants you to give to this radio station. Well, how do I know that's really what it is? Right. And so, I, I think you have to be careful to say if you if you like this music and you want to support us, we're looking for supporters, uh, and we believe God is behind this or God's using this. But to start saying God's going to bless you or God's going to, you know, if you give or he wants you to, it's, it's going to be, it's really, it's subtle, but it, it can yeah, be really it, a big deal. It was deal. never explicitly stated, but the idea was sometimes, you know, we don't necessarily want to, but God is pushing us to give. Yeah. As as if to say, hey, this radio ad you're hearing right now is your wake-up call. Yeah. Give, give to, to it's good for your faith. Yeah. That's really tricky because it sounds an awful lot like an infomercial I saw at two in the morning saying, sow the seed and give your money and you'll be repaid tenfold. Right. You know, like and yeah. all these people are getting taken advantage of all over the place. So, I mean, that's what you were kind of saying, Ben, about just like being very careful yeah. about manipulating. Right. To me that, you know, this campaign on yeah. that radio station might have a tendency to sound like this right. infomercial that I've seen at two in the morning. And you wonder, you know, is this radio host is she getting that from you know their board of directors hey we have to raise this much money say what you got to say this really helps when you say this um i've been listening to john mark comer he's a a pastor out in portland and he uh now just started a nonprofit called the circle group and it's all about helping teach churches how to do spiritual practices like sabbath and prayer and things like that and they're asking for money, but they do, a, I think, a pretty good job of this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. This is what we're hoping to accomplish. Would you consider partnering with us? And um, that's about it. That's what they say. And, I mean, you have to ask. If, if you have a nonprofit and you're, you're trying to raise funds, there has got to be an ask. I think it's... You, you, we don't know if God wants this to happen or not, right? And and so um, it's also really great when you see organizations putting their money where their mouth is. There was um, there's an a Eternal Perspectives Ministry, Randy Elkhorn, uh, is a writer, and his books have sold millions of dollars. 
but I think he still remains on the staff at a church, and I think he he takes in what are forty fifty thousand dollars a year, and he says I I that's my salary, and everything we make from my books and everything all gets donated to oh, other man. to 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 outside. So that that's I don't really know if I could do that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> wow, it's pretty. And then he says he thinks because of that they continue to grow, in, you know, exponentially because. He believes, you know, God is going to channel the money where it's going to be used uh, most for serving other people. So, and that's different than a radio station saying we will be canceled, right? If you, do, you know, if we there. don't raise this money, yeah. versus yeah. with this ministry that you were talking about, also that just has asked and said, if you want to partner with us, yeah, not we're going to close the ministry if this doesn't yeah. happen, and it might, you know, that that's the reality is that every ministry's got a life cycle. And once you start getting desperate, that's when uh, maybe God, maybe it is God's will that it closes, right? Uh, it's got to be very hard, though. Uh, but sometimes you get desperate and you start invoke. Back to our previous conversation, the Catholic Church 500 years ago, when Luther started preaching against indulgences, they lost a lot of money and mm. they started getting desperate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on what they were doing, they, that, that's when they knew Luther had to be stopped is because the indulgence money was not coming in anymore. Mm. And so they got they got pretty desperate, and that's why they went after him. So, man, money is such a, a you, tricky thing, yeah. isn't it? Let me ask you, why, why, um, why, does, why does the radio station not want to have commercials or ads? Like, they, they're able to choose what's being mm-hmm. yeah. promoted. That was my thought, too. Like, like how you said, like, you know, Luther... Luther like used the printing press and like there wasn't a guarantee that every printer in mm-hmm. middle Germany or wherever yeah. was a uh, Christian. Right. I mean, they might've been Catholic, but he, they, they liked the fact that he was making them popular. Right. Mm. And he didn't take any money from it actually. Right. He didn't make any money. He made no money off. He could have become one of the richest guys, yeah. one of the richest monks around. He took no money, but he used the tools at his disposal so, like Time of Grace and and uh, radio Christian radio stations that they don't want to run ads, and it's like if you can get the money, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I there's nothing wrong with running ads. Yeah, that's why not? You're basically when you're doing these campaigns, you're basically running ads. You are the anyway. ad. You you are the yeah. ad. Yeah, and you you go on a on a five minute. We need mm-hmm. your this. We need your that, and then you play a song. Like you're basically the yep. ad yourself. So I don't right. know. I don't know what yeah. the rationale is for not. And it's just how the it's just how the industry works. You right. play radio ads because radio airtime is is super duper expensive. Yeah, I I think there might be different reasons for that. Um, to get entangled with businesses that maybe you don't agree with, or oh. or you know I don't know, or or that people just see you're in it for the profit. Uh, I hmm. I think it would be tricky. Like if we as a church started doing that if you think like we put advertisements all over our building or whatever as you walked in or like you start a you alienate some people yeah and you start the worship service off with like a quick trip ad or something like that you know that might be kind of distracting um so i think ministries like that don't want anybody telling them what to do and um and then they also are careful about who they're endorsing I get the worship service thing, 
because you know, that's like you need kind of like an hour segment to make it work. Yeah. You know, you can't just be like having ad breaks throughout your worship service. But a music radio station, everybody is used to getting ads when they're listening to the radio. Sure. Yeah, but if they're getting ads that um, could be really polarizing, yeah. you know, maybe 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 the radio station agrees with mm-hmm. candidate X, but sure. now you have a whole slew of listeners who agree with candidate yeah. Y. Yeah. Um, it's true. And you, you know what Jesus said, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. There is something, if you start giving to something, you are you pay attention to it. So if people are giving to Time of Grace, you're paying attention to what's mm-hmm. going on at Time of Grace. You, you start giving to K-Love, you start paying attention. Uh, you know, you become an owner, you become part of it. Uh, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a buy-in. So I think... It's a good point. It's too bad that, you know, maybe the, there's a desperate situation they're at right now. And um, I think radio in general, just because of Spotify and other things, is not people aren't going to it so they, they probably have lost different resources and, and just the Christian church shrinking and inflation all those reasons so they're probably hurting but I, I, I another ministry I follow is the Bible Project and they're crowdfunded and I think they did that on purpose because they want people who are bought in they want uh, people who feel like they're part of the mission um, it's different than just getting a product mm-hmm, you know if I'm mm-hmm. if I'm uh, listening to radio and and I hear an ad or watching TV, like I'm just a consumer Mm -hmm. instead of a contributor. That's good. That's interesting. But that makes me feel a little better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's got to be tough. I I, I would not want to be in that situation, you know, where you're pressured. All right, we got to raise $100,000 or else none of you guys are employed. It'd be really easy to say, God wants you to give because I want to eat. <laughs> you know? Well, and I, I hope they're being truthful. I mean, I assume yeah. so. Yeah. But I like wonder how desperate are you? Right. You know, and, and are you are you as right. desperate as you're making it sound? I hope you're not lying. Right. I'm not gonna say you are. It's like the the company that's always has the go out of business sale. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. That flocks people there. Right. Wikipedia. Yeah. Oh yeah, Wikipedia is another one. Yeah. Oh yeah, that if you don't give four dollars right now, we yeah. will not be able to do this. Yeah, I'm I'm very thankful that for right now the Lord continues to bless people who support this ministry, and we get to do what we do uh, mm-hmm. because so many people are are behind what we're doing. So I'm I'm very thankful for that. It's not how it is all all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very challenging, but we have a a job then we have to be very careful we don't say Abuse. God is making or God's telling you to give to this ministry. Hopefully we're just faithful and if people want to get on board with what we're doing and see that we're trying to be faithful to God's word that we'll continue to be able to to serve and uh support. So yeah. That's good. What are we at for time? We're good. good. All, All right. right. Climbing Sycamore's podcast is funded in part by viewers like you. That's right. Go to VOTL.life if you to don't donate. donate right now, <laughs> yeah, we might not have another podcast. We might this, not. This could be the last. It's been one a good year, guys. <laughs> if you'd like to get a hold of us here at the Climbing Sycamore's podcast, feel free to email bsadler at victoryofthelamb.com. B S A D L E R at victoryofthelamb.com. If you like today's intro music, it's been brought to you by Andrew Lynch's song, My Name, Hello.